Thank you for joining Crossway on the With God Pod. Whether you're in your car, in your home, on a walk, or with someone, we're excited that you've joined us for a deeper dive into Scripture, its tough sayings, and the people God used throughout. This year, we're going through the whole Bible, tracing the With God journey through the Bible, through the year, through us. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining today. I am Chris Birch. And I'm Anson Tebow. And we are going to get right back into the With God Journey, which is the series that we've been doing since January 8th, (laughs) right? And now we are in the middle of April, and we have been going through and doing studies on people in the Bible, as well as some tough sayings. And on Friday, uh, we usually do that kind of person study, and it leads into Sunday's sermon. So we want to give you just a background on who we're going to be learning about, and that way when you are sitting in listening to the message from Dave, Matt, Jake, uh, Anson, Tommy, you guys have just a better understanding, a little history, a little backstory prequel of uh, who we're we're learning about. So today we are going to be opening the Bible and looking at Deborah. And Deborah is kind of cool because she is one of the only female judges, and she is given power by God and is like the first one, Mm. right? So there's this kind of seat that um, has uh, authority to it and Deborah ends up on that seat. So how can we kind of take away stuff from this? Yeah, it's super, it's super interesting. She's like, she's the only female judge um, and in chronologically in, in judges, she comes like she's chapter four and five. If you read super unique because chapter four is telling the story. And then chapter five is almost this poem song, which gives more details into into the story. Um, but she, so she's the, I think chronologically she might be the third, third judge, but in the, in the story, she's the second judge. Um, and it's this powerful thing because Israel just continues to do what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. They were stupid. They were, they were dumb. Like the, if the, the last line in judges is, but the people did what was right in their own eyes. So literally the entire book, it's like they did that was right in their own eyes. God raises up a judge that leads them back to God, and then they do what was right in their own eyes. It's just this consistent cycle. And normally you'd read a book and you'd be like, all right, the ending would be a little happy. And this is like, no, it literally ends. The last words are they did what was right in their own eyes, meaning it ends the same way it started. Yep. Um, so it's this powerful story, but Deborah is this really unique person in, in, in Scripture because it picks up with the Israelites being under the power of Jabin, who's the king of Canaan at the time. And they, they had been oppressed and, 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 and hurt and, and taken over control for the last 20 years by Jabin and by, by Canaan. So then God raises up, um, raises up Deborah as, as this prophetess, as this person who um, is going to lead them out, going to speak on behalf of God. And then Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, was, was the person who was going to be doing the battling in, in chapters four and five in Judges in this, in this, in this story. And he's super powerful, uh, not a good dude. We'll get into that um, a little bit more, more later, but not a good dude. And it was also in this time where it was moving from the Bronze Age to the Iron Age. And, and Sisera, his army had tons and tons of iron. Um, like it talked about them having, I think, 900 chariots. Yep. Like they were just loaded with, with resources. And, and Israel didn't have that. They didn't have many iron makers. They didn't have a lot of thing, these things. So Israel's looking there like, we've been oppressed for so long. What do we do? So then God comes to Deborah and, and gives her a word. 
um, to that, that God's going to use her. God's going to going to deliver them. Um, and and she she, she Deborah brings this and he she calls Barak to her. Um, and and Barak is the guy that's that's going to lead this this revolt. But Barak says he'll only go if Deborah goes with him. And there's a couple people, different ways you can look at it. Some people say that that Barak is uh, this is a lack of faith. This is actually him being a coward, being like I don't want to go alone. Um, but some people actually say. That that this is this is Barak showing faith because Deborah was so close with the Lord and the Lord was speaking through her that that Barak was like I don't want to go with without the Lord like, yeah. I don't want to go without without his his mouthpiece in a sense um, going with me and it was also daunting to be to to go up against Sisera who had all these resources and had all these things but Deborah agrees to go um, but then she says this really unique line which is a little interesting is that. That that Barak um, or Barak will not have the joy of the win, like he won't have the final kill, and even more in, more interestingly, a woman will, and that's a super fascinating thing because like women weren't going and fighting, they weren't a part of this. They they so like why why would even if it's not Barak, why wouldn't it be someone who is actually fighting who would get the final kill? Um, and, and it's this unique story, but but then we hear how this this woman JL comes into the picture um, at the at the end. But Barak, so he leads the Israelite army, he defeats them, um, but doesn't get the the joy because this woman JL, who who sort of lures um, Sisera into her her tent, she lures him to sleep, she covers him with a blanket, um, and then which. I may be off base here, but I think it's one of the dopest, coolest killings in the entire Bible. Yeah. Um, and one unique fact is, so what, what JL does is she takes a tent peg and a hammer and drives it through Sisera's temple, but doesn't only like drive it through until he's dead. She drives it into the ground. <laughs> so she's like driving his head and the temple and, or his head and the tent peg into the ground. But it was really unique that I, that I was, as I was researching and, and studying is that this was actually like women were in charge of raising the tents. They were in charge of putting this up. So like this would have been like a household material for JL. So she just grabs what she has and, and decides to, to kill him into it. But it fulfills what Deborah said, that, that Barak will not get this joy of, of killing Sisera, will not get this joy of, of having the final kill. And what you see all throughout this story is that while God uses Deborah, while God uses Barak, while God uses JL, it is all about God pulling the strings. And Deborah is just a, a, a willing vessel Who's, who God is God is using in chapter five as you read more into a little bit in depth of the story you hear a little bit more of how God is the one pulling the strings how God is 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 the one providing victory um, and and providing a, a, a way because Israel had no business beating Canaan here they had absolutely no business but yet they did and we see a bunch of things we see we see God's power we see God's provision we see God um, also, like really unique, like this was not a time where women would be raised up into power, where right. women would be raised up into seats of authority or, or anything like that. So to see Deborah and also to see JL raised up, it, it shows 
Um, it just shows God and how he works and how he works through people and how, and how he uses what we may think as, as odd or may think as out of place because in this time this would have been odd and this would have been out of place. God uses those things. God uses those people in order to fulfill his purposes and in order to care for his nation because what you see all throughout Israel is, is the, nation's, the, the nation just betraying God or leaning away from God or pursuing other gods, God drawing them back and then they're doing the same thing like we talked about earlier. So we see a relentless God who's just chasing after his people and wants to draw them in. And then we see him empowering women here. We see yeah. him using those who might not be viewed as, hey, that would be normal for them to be used, but yet Deborah was respected. She was known, and God powerfully spoke through her. Um, and it's a really powerful story that that just shows, number one, who God is, his character, his love for the people, but also it, it's really unique seeing Deborah and Jael and, and Barak just powerfully being used by God in order to bring the nation of Israel back from the captivity that they were in. Yeah. And what if uh, she had a Facebook? What do you think would be on there? Yeah. So it's a little unique. She's only one of five prophetesses in, in the Bible. That's a hard word to say. Yeah. Prophetesses. Yeah. I'm reading it now. It's kind of funny. Isn't yeah. It? It's a little, a little weird, but she's only one of five. So there's not, not a lot. So she, but what she did is she just spoke on behalf of like this Lord spoke through her. Um, she's the only female judge. She's the wife of Lapidoth. Definitely not pronouncing that correctly, but um, and it's unique in chapter four, it says she sat under the tree called the palm of Deborah as she judged Israel. Like it says like people would come to her. So she, it almost seems like she had like this amount of respect that she didn't even have to go anywhere so that, that people just came, came to her. Um, and, and all of the other judges are, are military judges. So next week we'll learn about Gideon. The week after we'll learn about, about Samson, who are these military, military judges. I mean, Samson kills tons of people with a, a donkey's jawbone and, and things like there's these militaristic, like powerful. And, but, but Deborah is this more civic judge. Like she, she sort of deals with like court cases or um, if, if you want to think about it, like a relationship or civil suits, whatever it is. Um, it's just, it's just a different judge, and it's unique to see that that's what Deborah does. But she is given the Mother of Israel title, um, which I think is so powerful to that's her character. That's a cool name. That's, that, a, that's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. I, I think it it shows a little bit more about who she is and how Israel viewed her, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really powerful. Um, and and it also it the, these two chapters talk about how she woke up when the Lord called her. And to rot and, and rose up in the face of turmoil. So while while Israel's pursuing other things, while Israel's doing all these things, Deborah rose up in order to to fulfill what God was calling her to, fulfill what God was calling the nation of Israel to. And I think that's that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And what's really interesting is the Israelites have judges, uh, these three, because they don't have a ruler or a king mm-hmm. or a leader. So kind of what they find themselves in is you've got this bunch of people, all these different tribes, and they are constantly being attacked basically from all sides by all these yeah. other um, cities and rulers and things like that that do have kings and big armies. Uh, so the Lord uses what we call judges. And it's not necessarily like a, a judge that we would maybe think of today with like the robe and the wig or, you know, <laughs> or even when I think of like... Um, 
you know, Stanley, when he's like, uh, to go sit in an air-conditioned room downtown judging people while my lunch <laughs> is paid for, you know, that's life. Like, that's not the kind of judge either where they're, you know. But um, it's kind of this appointed leader that uh, the Israelites um, kind of listen to, and that's who God, like, speaks. And we mm. actually see the change coming up pretty soon where the Israelites look around and go, wait a minute, they have a king, they have a king, why can't we have a king? And God's like, um... I'm your king. I'm your king. Yeah. We don't need to do this. And they keep on pushing and pushing. And we're going to get to that story. Yeah. But the whole kind of judges thing is interesting. It's like uh, a weird um, middle ground almost between mm. kind of like a ruler and then um, a prophet kind of talking mm. to uh, the Israelites. So, yeah, really interesting. Deborah is a, a awesome character. I think you could probably do a really cool movie on like Mm. the three judges coming up right we've got um deborah samson and um, gideon Gideon, right so i think there could be like a sweet movie samson killing however many people with a donkey jawbone and stuff samson ties together 300 foxes and lights them on fire i want to see that in the big screen i want to see it but (laughs) i was talking about with about this with tommy riley and he was like where do you find 300 foxes like he was literally like the amount of time it would take me to find 300 yeah. foxes the first 299 would be dead by the time i got the 300 yeah maybe they would uh maybe they were more popular in the middle east uh, maybe i don't know maybe they just got squirrels and said there were foxes <laughs> you know i could find 300 yeah. squirrels pretty quick but i think it was like who would you cast you know as deborah in a movie like angelina jolie do you think she would be good like who would be samson it's got to be like the Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, really? Samson's jacked. Although you yeah. got to give. Uh, I don't know. I would Dwayne... go like Russell Crowe or something like that. Man, you know, you, or is that too gladiator too, close? That's, that's too old. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's too old. You're living. You're living way. Hugh back. Jackman, Wolverine. I'm still old, man. That's still <laughs> ten years ago. The Rock is old. Yeah, but he's like relevant now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Jason Samoa. Nah, Momoa. 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 Like the Girl Scout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, Jason Momoa, maybe he could be Samson. That, he has long hair. Yeah, so there you that go. Would, yeah. Samson doesn't yeah. get his hair cut. So. Gideon's the guy who's like laying out the fleece. I don't know yeah. who you would cast as him. But. Yeah, but really interesting uh, people kind of coming up, judges and going into the kings. Uh, we call these the history books, I think, right? Yeah. Because um, they kind of cover the history. And even if you don't believe in the Bible, you can actually still use these books as uh, a reference point for history and things like that mm. and dating and um, people. And yeah, it's just really fascinating. And it's awesome that we get to uh, kind of talk about this and then come in on Sunday and uh, learn even more and then how we can apply it to our lives. So Anson, thank you so much again for kind of doing all this research. You are preaching on Sunday. Sure am. So good luck. Uh, If you're in Milford, Anson will be there. And if you are at Pond and downtown, it's going to be Dave Ripper. So uh, again, guys, I hope you're uh, enjoying uh, this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Anson, we'll see you later. See you, Chris. Thank you for joining Crossway on the With God pod. Make sure to catch all our content on Sundays and during the week. See you next time.